Hello and welcome to the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Barbara Fisher. Tonight I'm talking with an experiencer. This is someone who has experienced odd things for large chunks of his life, and they're interesting odd things, and he's never really spoken publicly about these things, so he contacted me and said he was ready to talk. His name is Drew Demler. And he's a very, very nice man. Everybody say hello. You won't be able to hear them, Drew, but they're saying hello. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for the introduction. Um, it's very exciting for me. And I made a bit nerve wracking, too, um, to be publicly talking about this for the first time. Uh, but I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, as you can tell from my my mothman hat that i'm wearing right now for the interview i'm a big fan of john keel and i'm a big fan of of you and your show also well thank you so I thank you thank you very much i'm glad you reached out so where are you gonna start you know barbara if it's okay i think i would like to just go in chronological order mm -hmm. um, i think that's probably the best way to go and you'll kind of get a feel the listeners will get a feel for how this has sort of progressed to where I'm at now and why I felt the need to start talking. Okay. Um, so if that's okay, I'm just going to go ahead and start at the beginning. And the first odd thing that I remember, and this is kind of a funny story, um, I have a childhood memory, very, very vivid, of seeing Santa Claus in my house. And what I can tell you to this day I do not feel like that was a dream. I don't ever remember waking up ever and feeling like, oh, I had this cool dream where I met Santa Claus. You know, like it didn't feel like a dream. It's just like that memory is there. Um, I remember it to this day, clear as a bell. I was, remember those toys called sit and spin? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They'd spin around like a lazy Susan mm -hmm. or whatever. I, I was playing with my new lazy Susan that I'd gotten on Christmas Day. My sister was reading a book on the couch. Both of my parents were in the room and there was Santa Claus sitting on our old rocking chair. Um, I remember it so clear. And um, like I say, the fact that I remember it now as an adult, just as clear as I did back then, I think is interesting. I think it may be somewhat of what, what they call like a screen memory kind of a thing, maybe. Um, and especially if you're if something is interacting with the child, what better way to make them comfortable than to project Santa Claus into their mind? Right. Right. Um, but kids misremember things and we have vivid imaginations. I know I, I have sons. They have very vivid imaginations still. So on its own, I wouldn't put that much weight into that story. But as you'll see, there's a lot more. Um, and the next thing I remember happened when I was around 12. I'm going to say between 10 and 12. It was right around that age. And I woke up one morning and I had one of the strange marks on my body. Um, it was on my stomach. Um, it was pretty long. I mean, I would say it was probably three to four inches long. It was a very, very, very thin line. I mean, it looked like I'd been cut with a razor blade or shot with the laser or something. I don't know. And it was, it was fully formed and I, I can't exactly call it a scar. It was just raised skin right there. And, um, 
I had that for years, um, for a very, very long time. And a lot of people saw it. Like when they would see me running around with my shirt off or whatever, for whatever reason, people would ask me sometimes, you know, how'd you cut yourself? How'd you get that? You know, especially when I was young and I just told them I didn't remember. Um, and I didn't talk about it too much. I just, it was just one of those weird things, you know, but, um, I will say this later on, flash forward many years later, somewhere in my twenties, it did disappear Hmm. um, quickly as it came. I don't remember when Um, I just remember one day it was gone and I have no memory of how that happened either. But like I said, enough people saw it that I know it was there and now it's not. So that becomes its own anomalous thing. Yeah. Um, But aside from that, I had a pretty normal childhood. Um, grew up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, um, knee deep in Cajun culture and, and pretty close to voodoo culture as well, which probably had an influence on, well, it influenced all of us, whether we wanted to be or not very superstitious people, but pretty normal. Um, I didn't really have any other anomalous events for a long time. Um, and the, the next thing that happened to me was when I was 18. And that's when I had my first experience with the others, whatever those are. And I was driving home from college. Um, I was in school and about an hour away from my home in Baton Rouge. And it was in the early spring and I was 18 and I was driving home. I drove home from college where I was and got to my parents' house in Baton Rouge and I took a nap. And while I was laying there on their sofa, on my parents' sofa, everyone's still at home. I mean, this is in the middle of the afternoon, early afternoon, you know? Um, I remember waking up and in my mind, I'm fully conscious. Um, my eyes are open and I'll tell you why I think so in, in a few minute in a minute here. Um, and you know where the story's going. Um, I could feel the paralysis. I, I couldn't move a, a muscle. I couldn't move anything. Um, I had never experienced in my conscious mind that before. Anything like that. Nothing like that had ever happened that, that I have memory of. And uh, this one I, I could remember right away. Um, and I remember beings approaching me. Um, there were two beings i remember just hovering over me and to me they looked like shadows and i couldn't make out any details of them they look kind of like black shadowy figures looming over the top of me i I can tell you now um they did not seem short and they didn't seem like the typical gray um they didn't seem overwhelmingly large either um but I obviously wasn't in the the best frame of mind to remember exactly what I was seeing. And I was just terrified. I mean, just full body terror. And I remember thinking, I was like, why doesn't somebody come and help me? You know, like, where are my parents? Where is everybody? Why aren't they coming to help me? And the, the thing that scared me the most is I couldn't, I couldn't move my mouth to scream, to tell anybody that I needed help. And, you know, I say it was two, it could have been 20, it could have been 15. In my mind, I remember two. And um, what happened next was basically the same as I hear 
in people's psychedelic experiences, it was very, very similar. Um, and here's why I, in my mind, I feel like my eyes were, were wide open. I was laying staring at the back of my parents' sofa, which had a plaid pattern. Um, and I remember seeing that pattern clear as a bell. And around about this time, that plaid pattern started spinning. It started kind of spiraling. And after it started the spiral, I started to get these really strange shapes and what almost looked like letters. And it was that kind of net like pattern like that you would tip that you hear described and all of that. And I didn't put any of that together to a psychedelic experience until I was in my thirties and I read uh, the book Supernatural mm -hmm. by Graham Hancock. And he talks about this as part of the ayahuasca trip. And as soon as I saw the, 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 the pictures of the glyphs that people see, I was like, Oh my God, I mean, that's what I saw when I was 18, you know? Mm -hmm. So that really triggered something. Um, eventually, after this experience, um, well, I'll also say I remember hearing a message in my head that I received none of. Um, I mean, I could literally feel something moving in my head, speaking into my head, and it just went right out the door because I was so afraid. Um, I'm st to be honest, I'm still scared when this happens. I'm learning to work through it little by little, I think. Um, but I was just horrified this time. And, uh, eventually I do remember seeing the beings kind of retreat fade away and slowly, but surely I was able to regain my consciousness. And you talk about a lost young man. I mean, I had no frame of reference for what had just happened to me at all. Um, I knew I couldn't talk about it, you know, yeah. there's no way I could, who would I talk to about that? And what would I say even happened, you know, um, without letting people know, like, this wasn't a dream. This was not, this wasn't happening when I was asleep. I was awake and, but I couldn't move. And, you know, yeah. I mean, and also I think what made it rough for me too, was I knew about UFOs and I, I found them very interesting, even at that age. Um, but I didn't know all I knew of the abduction type or the contact type scenarios was like the, like the Travis Walton fire in the sky movie kind of thing, you know, where you're mm -hmm. sucked out of the house onto a spaceship and, you know, they perform medical experiments and this kind of thing. That's all I knew of it. So I, I didn't really compare it to that, you know, um, even though there were these almost ghost like creatures there, they didn't look like gray aliens. So I didn't really know to frame it in that reference either. So, you know, it, it definitely impacted me. I mean, I, I just sat around in a daze for a couple of weeks, you know, um, I didn't function particularly well. Um, it definitely, it put me in a bad way, but as it does, life goes on. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I eventually, you know, almost forgot about it in time. Um, I did have one other strange experience. I, I received what I believe to be a sign from a dead friend. Uh, that happened about two years later after a, a good friend of mine who had actually committed suicide, unfortunately. And back then I was still doing a lot of praying. Um, and I remember praying for a sign to see something that he was okay. And I saw something very interesting that I 
knew was connected and I felt like I had received my sign. Um, and that happened when I was 20. Um, so it was two years after my initial contact experience. And then honestly, Barbara, life got really normal. Um, I don't remember any strange occurrences. Uh, I eventually moved to Austin for work and for family. Um, it all but swept all this under the rug. Um, I really had, you know, those those strange couple of experiences and things were fine. Um, got married in that time frame, uh, had a couple kids in this time period. And all of this was, you know, like I say, felt pretty, pretty ordinary until 2014. By this time, I'd moved from Austin to Dallas um, and working for my current employer. And can't say too much as we, as we talked. I'm not going to say much about where I work yeah. uh, publicly, but... I'll say this. I work a job that requires me to work late night seasonally. Mm-hmm. And actually, I, I, I thought about this earlier today. That season is almost upon me now. So the timing of this is very interesting yet again. Um, and in 2014, right about this time, so eight years ago, um, my first late night of this season I came home and I used to drive this gold Jeep and I parked it at the end of my driveway and I pulled into my driveway and there was this small bodied owl perched right in front of where I parked my car. And it's, it's a beautiful bird. I think I sent you the photos, Mm -hmm. didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's an Eastern screech owl from the research I've done. I'm pretty sure. That's what it looked like. That's what it looks like, right? Yeah. Um, So, I mean, it could fit in the palm of my hand. I mean, it's basically like the size of my hand. Little bitty, cute, really pretty bird. And I remember seeing it. I was like, look at that thing, man. And I'd never seen, I'm supposed I'd seen owls, but never this close. Not at all. And I do want to add this too. That was a really bad time in my life. Um, And I I, I need to mention this because I think it may play a role. Um, hate saying it, but my that was the around the time when my marriage started falling apart. Things were incredibly rocky. Um, things were not, not going well at home, yet I just had a, another baby, <laughs> a young person, which might sound crazy, but it happened. Um, I was incredibly stressed financially because of that and stretched. And it was, I mean, probably one of the lowest points in my life. I was really hurting. Um, I know the other person was too, and things just weren't working. Um, so anyway, I see this owl the first night, and it was just magical, you know? I just remember thinking, I was like, wow, this is so cool. And um, the next night, I come home, and it was there again. And I was just like, wow. So three, four, five, six times even, you know, I come home, and it's there night after night it's pretty neat by around the sixth time i'm like that thing is waiting on me that bird is waiting on mm-hmm. me you know like that's how i started to feel and it was there so my my late season lasts roughly a month 30 some odd days in give or take 
And I would say it was probably there out of those 30 days, it was probably there about 25 of those days. Wow. Um, and then it continued on when I would see it, you know, up until maybe around December, January, even that year, I would still see it certain times, not every night, every night, but I wasn't necessarily outside looking for it every night, every night. Um, and then eventually it kind of went on its way and it was just one of those really neat, special things. It helped me a lot. And to be honest, you know, going through that period, it, uh, that rough period of home life, it, um, uh, it felt very, it, it was it, like it kept a company and mm-hmm. uh, it kept a company, I should say, in, in, in other words, is how it felt. And, um, yeah. And then actually in 2015, um, I started making changes in myself, you know, personal changes and for the better. And it was one of those things where we, we knew we had a young child and we knew things aren't going great, but we need to get, get it together and we're going to be here for each other. You know, we need to be here for the kids and things started improving, um, personally, then in 2015, um, my late season comes upon us again. And first night of my first of my late season, I pull up the driveway and the owl was back. Wow. And it looked like the exact identical owl perched on my fence. Okay. And it repeats the same process of being there nightly for me every night. Um, the only exception, the only thing that was different this time is some nights it wouldn't perch on my fence. It would perch on my bedroom window. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty interesting there, right? Mm-hmm. It knew where you slept. It knew right where I slept. Um, and, so during my late season, nothing ha- nothing much happened. Um, but pretty soon thereafter, and again, it, it the owl stayed around. You know, I still have some some phenomenal pictures of it perched on my windowsill in December. And somewhere in that time frame, uh, I started having the weird sleep paralysis stuff again. And I, if I'm doing the math correctly, I think it had been, it was like 18 or 19 years had passed between, I think it was, it may have been 19 years. I'd have to do the math, but somewhere in there since my, my first experience. Um, and I have where I have very, I feel like I have pretty good recall other than the physical characteristics of the beings themselves. I felt like that first experience, I had pretty good recall of it. You know, I remember the shapes and the symbols and how I felt very well, um, the fear and everything. This set of experiences that started again in 2015, I have hardly any memory of whatsoever. Um, I do. All I can remember is is waking up, knowing I was paralyzed, um, Feeling the presence, the these shadowy things mm-hmm. looming over me again. Um, I remembered that there, you know that that same thing. And then as soon as I, it's almost as soon as I knew that they were there, 
and that I was trapped. Pretty soon thereafter, the next thing you know, I'm waking up, normal consciousness, I'm, I'm fine. Um, so it honestly wasn't as rattling to me as it was the first time. It was just like, the first time it was a little unnerving just because it had been so long and I knew it had happened, you know? And right. I was like, uh, um, I, at that time, I did not know anything about Mike Cleland. Um, I didn't know anything about this owl connection. So again, I didn't even put two and two together until later, you know, that isn't that odd that this owl is perching on my window and then, you know, sometimes on the same night or a few nights after, I, I have these experiences, you know. Um, and I will say, at starting in and around that that time period when these experiences started, um, the first sign of some changes in me did start to happen. Um, I became, I was much better uh during that time period home wise and everything things started getting better a lot better um and i developed an ability to read that i never had i mean i was one of those kids as a you know growing up and going to school i mean i, I couldn't finish a comic book from start to finish i have massive add yeah uh can't concentrate i'd read you know a couple paragraphs and you know would my mind would wander and I started reading, um, I just started on this voyage of reading and I was just like, wow, man, I could do this, you know? And the first guy who kind of got my interest was Graham Hancock. Mm -hmm. Um, I blazed through all of his stuff and you know, that's a pretty heavy reading. Oh yeah. Some of those books are huge. <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're not easy to grapple with some of them, but I, I got into him. I read some Boval, read some shock very interested in that whole, you know, Atlantean theory stuff, all any of that kind of stuff, you know, um, read a lot of those guys. That's when I came across Supernatural was in those couple year time period there. Um, and it just progressively increased through the years, my ability and interest in reading. And now it's almost become, <laughs> it's almost become a problem. I'm like, Man, I'm running out of bookshelves. I've got stacks of books. I've got them right here next to me. Um, in fact, uh, in all over the place. So, so anyway, that was a, a very noticeable change. Um, and that kind of continues to this day, I guess. Um, but then again, um, around that 2015, 2016 time period, um, again, things got pretty normal. Uh, aside from this reading thing and they stayed pretty normal till around until quarantine, which Lord knows everything got weird for quarantine anyway. Well, yeah. So why, why not? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have three young sons and a local playground kind of became our, our solace, our, our place, you know? Um, so we would go down there almost every night and just let them play. Um, there wasn't very many other kids there. It felt safe. Uh, we would walk on the track some, and I honestly had a wonderful year that year. Um, sadly, and this will come up in a minute, that was the last year that my family was together. Aww. Um, but it, that was, we, 
and we'll get to that in a minute, but because I, I definitely think it plays into this too, but, but that was a, a year that I will remember with, with much fondness, you know, having so much family time. Um, anyway, one random night, uh, late spring, I think it was, I was walking my boys home from this playground after dark and we get to our driveway and we're walking up the driveway and I heard this noise that I have never heard before or since. It sounded very artificial. That's the only word I have for it. And it sounded like there was 10 or more something or others making this. I mean, it was a high pitched kind of noise. Very strange. And uh, my oldest son got really scared. And I remember him saying, clears the bell. He's like, Daddy, let's hurry up and get inside. And he kind of scurried off. And my middle son is a daredevil. He's not afraid of anything, you know. So he was like, I want to see what this is, you know. And I don't I don't know why, but I can't remember what my, my youngest son thought. I don't remember his reaction at all, um, which is kind of odd too, right? But I remember staying there with my middle son, and I didn't see it. But he, just a few seconds later, he said, Owls! And he said he saw one fly from our trees, from the trees in our front yard, swoop down and fly across the street and land in the next door neighbor's tree across the way. And uh, I have no doubt that's exactly what he saw, you know. Um, And that was really that was really cool that he got to see them, too. Um, And I would start I started to see the the owl again in, in 2020, just periodically. And wouldn't you know, I had for the first time in my conscious memory, I had an experience in 2020, one of these um, sleep paralysis kind of experiences again. And this time I came away with it for the first time that I could remember not what happened, but that I remember I had had this sleep paralysis and I came away with the mark. Mm. Um, And like I say, I'd had that weird mark when I was a kid, but I had no memory of any sleep paralysis. I have no memory of how it got there. This time I, I came out of that experience and I, I had this mark on man. I can, you want to see it? It's on my hand. Sure. Um, this is, I don't know how well you can see that or not. Can you see that? Yeah. Yeah. See that it's kind of raised. Yeah. It, uh, it covers itself with this kind of whitish scab and it's got like this white, weird halo like circle around it um but when that sloughs off from time to time and it does and what it originally looked like was just this little divot that was taken out of my hand huh and um i've talked to a couple other experiencers as i mentioned before we recorded and uh one of those guys has had these types experiences he's he's been able to remember his a lot better than than mine Mm -hmm. um and he's he's had some help along the way to do that. But anyway, um, he had the he said he had the exact same marks. I showed him that when I described it, and he said he would he used to get them all the time. Um, and like mine, he said, I mean, these last for this has been here for since 2020. I mean, they last a long time. Um, and we'll we'll get into it right. later. But I've got a, a newer one on this arm. This is going to be a little bit harder to see. But that's another one that showed up fairly recent. Yeah. Just that little white. And uh, he said he used to get him behind his ears. <laughs> of all places, right? Yeah. Um, 
but it's it's very odd. They last for a very very long time. These marks, and um, I don't know exactly how to explain that. It's like maybe they've been exposed to some kind of strange energy field. Or, I I don't know. I'm not I'm not real sure. Um, what what to make of that? But yeah, so that was the first time that that happened. So that was kind of a new spin on the experience for me, you know. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty scary. Yeah, no, um, I, I wouldn't like that. You're like, what is that? Um, Did you ever go to a doctor? And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what'd they say? They didn't know. Cut, scratch, yeah. <laughs> it looked like, yeah, you probably scratched it on something, you know? Hmm. And uh, yeah, nothing nothing telling, you know? Nothing that, that stood out. I, it would be interesting. I haven't been back in a while to get them to look at it again and, and say, you think that's a little strange that it's been there for two years, you know? And uh, I typically heal very quickly. Um, I, I run all the time. I eat microgreens and <laughs> I'm a vegan, you know, so I keep up myself pretty good. And at times that kind of pays off. Um, so for me to have just a simple mark like that for it to last for that long. Yeah. That's unusual. It's unusual, you know, and it, it's, not showing much sign of going away anytime soon. So anyway, uh, moving along here, um, 2021 comes and one night I saw the owl in the backyard. I think it was January of 2021 perched in a crepe myrtle tree in my backyard. And this was going to be a month or so, give or take before when I finally moved out. Um, which we'll get to that in a second. But a few days after I saw the owl this time, in a kind of a synchronistic way of its own, um, I saw a UFO for the first time. So I'd had all this other strange stuff, but I'd never seen a UFO. I'd never looked at the sky one time. And I'd seen satellites. I hadn't seen anything um, anomalous at all. Uh which is that was kind of funny too because I'm I'm I sit outside almost every night you know even even then I never saw anything, but what happened on this night I uh, I was contemplating whether I wanted to go outside or not and I was really tired and it was getting late and pretty late and I was thinking nah I don't need to go sit outside and then I was like yeah I will I'm gonna go ahead and do that and my wife at the time. Um, like I say, we had already known by this time that we were going to separate, um, but we were still, I was still looking for a place and we were still together, still living under the same roof. And she was away at a maker space doing something, organizing an event or some such a thing. Uh, and she came up, she pulled up the driveway right at the same time that I'd stepped outside. And I was like, oh, fancy meeting you here, whatever, right? And she she gets out of the car and walks up. And right then is when I saw this thing come cutting across the sky. And it was no spectacular sighting, you know, could have been this, that, or the other thing. It was just a, a white, you know, orb that flew over. But she saw it with me. And one thing that was very interesting about this, first of all, she doesn't care about this stuff at all. She has no patience for this kind of thing. It's just not her thing, you know? Um, So she was never someone that I could ever talk to about 
any of these types of events and she just couldn't handle it, you know, yeah. which it's, that happens. It's just not, I understand this isn't everyone's cup of tea and, and it does get really weird and it's hard to believe, you know? Um, but she saw this with me and it was kind of synchronicitous how we saw it together um, looking back on it. And the other thing that was really interesting is that she saw it and remembered it being pink. Hmm. And to me, it was just a white light. Yeah. Nothing, nothing unusual about the color whatsoever. Huh. And um, so I thought that was kind of an interesting detail. So, of course, that, you know, I know Valet and other people write about that, how oftentimes people will see the same thing and one person sees it and one doesn't and all that. And I've got more on that coming up here, too. Um, but anyway... About a month later, we made the really tough decision to move along and very peacefully, I think, and as try to do everything as, as, as loving as you can do something like this, right? Right. Um, and with the kids in mind, we agreed to always support one another, and we still do. We're still very good friends. I want to be clear about that. Um. But as you can imagine, this was a very hard time for both of us, um, an extremely hard time. So I moved into an apartment first and didn't really have much of a space to even do much outside, you know, and I tried to stay active and gone and as much as I could just to try not to be depressed about my situation and everything, you know, and uh, eventually I ended up getting out of that place and I moved into the place where I'm recording right now and i actually love it um it's a it's a nice small home and it's got a big uh pretty sunny open backyard mm-hmm. um so i'm a gardener so i get to garden again get to have my garden get my my sons out there growing and it's got great view of the sky mm-hmm. so, very cool so shortly after i get my new place this is late june of 2021 um i take a trip to baton rouge for the fourth of july to meet my family um and my sister was there and she had both of her sons um my brother-in-law was there and of course my mom who still lives there and myself and my boys so we stayed for a week and we went to a fireworks show on the levee uh, of the Mississippi River in Baton Rouge, and number one just had a great time. It's it's enough of a crowd that it's that it's a lot of fun, but it's not hectic, right? Know? It doesn't do too crazy. It's not like being in a big city where you have to find park parking castle yeah. and everything. You can bring your beer and your ice chest right there, your camping chairs, and everyone's friendly and having a good time. Well, anyway. Uh, Good fireworks show. It was a lot of fun. And initially we saw what we thought were just drones. And I think that's all they were. Uh, they were like the green and red lights and people use them to film. You know, people use them mm-hmm. to film the fireworks shows all the time. Well, towards the end of the show and then even after this other thing showed up and it was clearly 
a little bit superior to these other <laughs> whatever else in the way it could it would just buzz all around them, you know, uh, flew in all directions. It changed color like three different times. We saw it go. We saw it change color. Um, it would it would either, you know, I'd say disappear. It would turn its light off and on repeatedly. It was much larger, much brighter than the other objects. Um, and at times it was hard to say if there was one a coordination of it turning its light off and then another one at a distance turning its light on or if it was like disappearing from this area and reappearing over there. You know, you, you can't really say right. for sure, but they, they were operating independent of one another. Like you didn't see both of them at the same time. So um, and last but not least, it flew. It almost looked like it flew down into the Mississippi River. Um, and my whole family saw that. Um, my three kids saw it. My sister saw it. My mom saw it. They had never seen anything at this point. Okay. I had only seen, you know, the, the one that I told you about earlier. Oh, and I did, I forgot. I did have a daytime sighting of something strange too. A few of, in like June, I think it was um, during the daytime before this trip. So I, I left that one out. Um, but anyway, and, who knows? It could have been maybe it was just a better drone or something, you know, or I don't know. But the way it was flying, it was doing some really strange things. And anyway, it was a wow moment for all of us. And went home that night and chatted about it. All of us talked it over and everything. My sister still has some videos of, of this thing. Cool. Um, which is it's cool. And they're not they're actually not bad. I mean, it's just these lights in the sky videos, it's so hard to tell, yeah. you know, what what it what you're looking at. But but it does tell you, you do there's have, an actual light. Yes. And that we'll get that's I've heard you mention that many times, and I've had some recent experiences with that too. Uh but anyway, so we we had this a great trip, a great time. It was really cool. My kids were excited. They saw these UFOs and stuff. I'd always talk about them and <laughs> they're probably like, Wow, we actually saw one, you know. And uh, the interesting thing that happened is upon my return to Dallas, I pretty much continued to see him all summer long. Hmm. Um, and at first it started out as just the, you know, the white light flying across the sky. Uh, just some, some maybe, some could be a satellite, could be whatever kind of thing. And then... Pretty soon thereafter, I started getting the more interactive orb-like stuff um, where they'll, you know, they'll sit in place and, and blink off and on at you and kind of hover around a little bit and, and continue to flash. They'll move towards you, you know, and then fly further away. Um, and there was a couple of times, and this was, this is cool. This is, when you do this, this is interesting. Uh, there was a few times last summer when I would test this and I would tell them, I say them, whatever that is. Right. Uh, I would tell them where I was going to look that night. You know, I would say when I get outside tonight, I'm going to turn to the right, you know, which is East or whatever it is. You know, I was like, when I, I'm going to face that direction tonight. And, and then I remember one time in particular, I remember thinking I'm going to look directly above my head. I remember thinking, I was like, man, I might be missing stuff that could be directly above my head because I never looked there. And I remember thinking, I'm going to look there tonight. 
and it took me a while to remember that I'd said that when I went out, but I was like, I'm going to look over my head. I was like, oh yeah, I need to do that. And as soon as I looked up, there it was. I had this inner, this orb flash at me, um, you know, just right there. And I was like, wow. And I, I can't tell you the feeling that has. Um, I don't know if you've, if you've done that or if you've, if you've had that experience, but if, if you haven't, that is, I mean, breathtaking, mm-hmm. uh, amazing, awe-inspiring even. Uh, and you, you, you know, I mean, there's, there's not a lot of doubt that you're communicating somehow with, with something. something. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what you it know? is, but it's a thing. You don't. Exactly. Um, so I continued and it wasn't, it wasn't every night. You know, it was it was definitely a drip feed at first where but I mean, probably at least two, three times in a week, I would see these things. Uh, and, and a lot of times they would be interactive, this interactive type. And that continued until uh, September. And that is, again, when my really busy season starts. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my late night. It's a super busy time of year for about a, a two month period. And honestly, I didn't really even have a lot of time or energy to, to sky watch um, to go out and look for them. And I did end up having one spectacular, almost like a last sighting, so to speak, during the daytime where I work. And two other people got to witness this with me. And um, it was this, it, it looked just like the, the, the interactive orbs that I see at night, mm-hmm. but I saw it during the day. It was just this brilliant sphere of light and it would light up and then it would shrink and it would float around and then it would travel kind of fast and then it would flash again. And uh, I, in a way, I got to timestamp this. I, I got a lot of information off of this sighting um, for different reasons. Um, one thing I called one of my employees on the phone when I realized this thing is, this is not going anywhere. So I called one of my employees to hurry, get his butt out here, you know, stop whatever he's doing. (laughs) Don't worry about what I told you to do. Just get out here right now. And, uh, the first time I called, he didn't answer. He was on a piece of equipment and he couldn't hear his phone. Um, so I was like, man, this is crazy. Gosh. So finally, another one of my employees wanders by and I flagged him down. I'm like jumping up and down. I'm like, get your butt out here. And it took him a second to be able to see it. But he did. Um, and he and I sat there for probably the better part of 20 minutes. And uh, then a few minutes after that, the, my phone rang and it was my employee who I'd called. And he was like, hey, I was just taking a water break, man. Sorry, I didn't hear that. I said, like, get out here right now. We're out here, we're done. And so I told him right where we were. And um, he joined in and he got to see it for the last, you know, five, 10 minutes or so. And it was, I mean, this was spectacular. And the last thing it did, as if to make sure that we couldn't mistake it for anything else, um, it flared up, flashed at us one last time, and then collapsed and goes. It just shot off in the general direction of the sun at, you know, whatever preposterous speed, you a million miles an hour or whatever, you know. And all three of us saw it. And, I mean, it shook them to the core, man. It was the first time they had, those two had ever seen anything. And, I mean, they were just – it's all we could talk about for 
like two weeks, you know? Well, yeah. Um, so the timestamp was between those two phone calls. So the time right. that I called my employee, 30 minutes had elapsed by the time he called me back. And then he still had to make his way out there. And then we still had ample time for him to see it for had to have been at least a couple of minutes before it finally flew off. Um, other interesting things. And this is very interesting. Uh, I shot two videos of it and I took, I don't know, five or six photos. I still have them. And you know what I got? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. In any of the pictures or any of the videos, three people witnessed this thing for 30 minutes and there's nothing, not a trace. I mean, it looked like a star in the middle of the daytime. It was so bright. And did it have a sound? Any no. any noise? Did, what no color noise was it? Oh, uh, like a whitish, kind of a yellowy white light. Okay, kind of golden. I guess you you would say would, would might be the the right the right color. Um, so brilliant. Um, and w- did I mean, you see was, any structure behind it or around it? It was just the light. Okay, yeah, I see that a lot. And then, so I have this amazing sighting, right? And this is, again, my busy season. I didn't see anything else again. And I'm sure in part because I'm tired, in part because I I may not be looking as much and at the right times and so forth. I didn't see anything again until the last night of my busy season. I had a sighting that night. And Barbara, I swear... It felt like a show of respect, almost like, okay, we're going to give you this amazing sighting now because we know you need to hunker down and focus on work. We'll see you when it's over, you know? Um, And then the day after, um, I'm always hungry to see my kids after this season because I don't see much of them. Um, So I called my ex and I told him, I was like, it may not be my day to have them, whatever, Please let me see the boys. And of course, she was more than more than happy for me to come get them. So I, I took them to the playground um, that evening and I had another day sighting um, of something very similar. Um, this star like object in the sky that hovered around and did a lot of the same movements um, and then ultimately disappeared. And I was the only one who saw it that time. And um this would be, this was October. This was late October and flash forward to Halloween. Uh, like you mentioned in the email the other day that Halloween was coming. So strangeness comes, right? And I didn't yep. even think about that. Uh, Halloween night, actually, when while I was trick-or-treating, taking the kids around, uh, we all three saw one together uh, that night, which was really cool. And it was one of the ones, one of the things that I see, uh, are just these lights. There's a white light that flies in and they'll kind of, sometimes they'll, they'll enlarge as they fly in closer and closer. Um, and sometimes they'll just disappear. Like they just totally poof, it's gone. And that's what this, what this was. It just flew in for a very short section of sky and then was gone. Yeah. Um, and all of them saw it, which was really cool to me. <laughs> uh, I think, I think the oldest and youngest they enjoy seeing them. 
Uh, the middle one's kind of like, yeah, it's not my thing. <laughs> Isn't that funny? You know? Um, but anyway, so right after this time of year comes, um, I started seeing him more and more frequently. And along the way, I went, uh, I, I, I do CE5 now, no affiliation to this person or that person. Um, which I, I need to tell that story in a minute, but uh, I went and did my first ever CE five that November. And it was only me and this one other guy um, who met this, this one time. And he and I kind of helped form this group and we did the, the protocols or whatever. And we had a, a pretty nice sighting. We didn't stay out for very long, but we had a, a really nice sighting and I remember hearing like in other people's stories and in some of the literature that after the CE fives, sometimes the rest of that night, you, the portal's still kind of open, so to speak. So you, you still keep looking around. So as soon as I, I went, I got home, I went outside and sure enough, the only, this is the only time I've ever seen this, but I saw a, uh, a green one, a solid, it was a, like an emerald green orb that flew right over the top of my house. I've never seen that before or since, um, which was really cool. You know, it was a really special sighting mm -hmm. to me, just seeing that color. And uh, yeah, Barbara, it's uh, it's progressed now uh, steadily to where now I don't meditate for contact ever. Um, I, I still meditate almost daily. You know, I'll, I'll meditate tonight before I go to bed. Um, and I, I usually, there's like I, intentions, I guess is what you call it. Um, I'm still pretty new to meditation. Um, but man, it sure does seem to, it does something. But uh, anyway, I no longer uh, meditate at all for contact, except for when I'm doing a CE5 with the group. And then I, of course I participate in that just for solidarity. And I enjoy meditating with people anyway. I definitely think there's its, its own kind of power behind that. Um, even science supports that, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but no, I don't have any particular practice or anything. I think I'm maybe more like you. And as you described, you and Morgana, where weird stuff just kind of happens, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm also quite content with that. Um, I don't really want to call on them, so to speak, you know. Um, I just want to let it happen naturally. Um, it for whatever reason it feels better that way. If that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's progressed to the point now where if, if the sky is clear and I have the time to go sit out for an hour, I'm going to see something anomalous. Do I see satellites? Undoubtedly. And I've even used a tracker some. Uh, so I know I see satellites. I see a lot of shooting stars. Mm -hmm. if you look up, man, you see some really cool stuff. I see bats fly all the time. Yeah. Uh, I see all this cool stuff. Um, but I see these interactive orbs. Um, what I see, especially lately, is almost identical to what uh, – do you know Christopher Bledsoe? Mm -hmm. Have you ever talked to him? Or do you, mm -hmm. you know? Okay. Um, the stuff, the videos that he posts almost every day on Instagram, that's what I see. That's what 
that's what this is. Um, and and they're there, I mean, pretty much every night without mm. fail. And it's interesting. At this point, I do want to back up to summer of 2021 and tell another story. Um, and this is gonna this is something that I know I've heard you talk about many times. Um, so this is kind of where this started for me. So the same guy that I went and did this CE5 with, I originally connected through one of the Facebook groups. Um, and I found this guy who's in my area and he was interested in doing CE5. I didn't even know it, it was a national thing. You know, I'd, I'd seen some of Greer's documentaries and, you know, I'm not, uh, sadly, I, I'm probably in the camp that feels like he's kind of going a bad route. Uh, um, I don't agree with much of what he does anymore. Um, but I do think he has done some good things for the field. Um, and one of them was introducing this concept to people, you know, um, and it, it has brought a lot of people together, no doubt. And anyway, I met this guy, this friend of mine, um, last summer and we just wanted to meet each other. And I, I actually had him come out to my work and we kind of shared by this time I was already starting to see him on a pretty regular basis. He had had a lot of sightings on his own. I didn't share any of the, my close contact stories just yet. And I still have it. Uh, I still keep most of that to myself uh, for the most part. Uh, there's a couple people that know, um, but very few. Um, I guess that's about to change. Huh? Yeah, I was <laughs> but, about to say. Yeah, um, that's okay. That's part of why I want to do this. But anyway, um, so we chit-chatted. He told me he's got some great UFO stories and some of the things that he's seen. His wife has seen them, some other members of his family. I think one of his grandsons has, has seen them a time or two. Um, and that night, I came home after meeting this guy. Um I go out to do my regular sky watch and I don't even remember if I saw any UF, any lights in the sky that night at all. The only thing I do remember is seeing this light uh, in my neighbor's yard hovering just above the fence line, about the size of a golf ball, white light, um, not a pulsing in and out. This is a solid state light. Um, it flew over the fence right up to me. It came within a few feet of me. Um, and it was flying. And this is going to be hard for the listeners. I almost want to draw something out. But when it started, it flew in just in a straight line to me a short distance. And then it took off towards my back fence line. But it was flying like this in this U shape. And when it would fly, it would leave a trace. Oh, like a tracer. Yeah. So it looked like it was smiley faces. It looked like it was literally drawing smiley faces across my backyard as it traveled. It was incredible. And then finally, after it did that for a while, it took off swimming like this, like swimming. That's how it looked like huh. maybe, but it looked like a sperm cell swimming across the sky. That's exactly what it looked like. Like those videos you see of the microscopes, you know? Right. Um, and it just gripped me. It was so mesmerizing. And in fact, as it 
after it got out of sight, Barbara, I literally took off running to my back fence and I jumped up on my back fence, like tried to climb up on top of it to see if I could still see it. You know, <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God, you know, and it was it just they had that effect on me, you know. And um, so that happened and I started immediately trying to grapple with this, you know, like what was that? What could it have been? And I don't know if you do this, but do you play like the doubting game with oh, yourself? Yeah. Do you ever? Oh, yeah. So yeah. I'm like, did I really see that? Did I imagine it? Was it just a bug? I'm like, what could it be? I was like, it was white. Could it, I, it, there's no dragonflies. I hadn't seen dragonflies. Not dragonflies. Fireflies. fireflies. I hadn't seen them once at this point. You know, they don't fly in the middle of summer in Dallas. But I literally ran inside and pulled my computer out. And started looking up bioluminescent insects in North Texas, just to rule that out. And uh, all I could come up with were different species of fireflies. That's, I guess, that's all we have. Um, and none of those are the right color. They're, they're too. Those are too small. Yeah. They pulse off and on. Didn't match that at all. But I mean, I sit. I, I even watched some YouTube videos on fireflies just to see, right. <laughs> just to watch yeah. it side by side to see. And I was like, something compelled me to go back outside. It was getting really late. I was like, I got to go see if I can see it again. Maybe it'll come back, right? So I run outside and I look to the same area where I had just seen the white light in my neighbor's yard. And I kid you not, it was sitting there, same place. This time, it was still a solid light, same size but it was that firefly green color. <laughs> I'm not kidding. No, I believe you. They're smart asses. <laughs> smart ass. Exactly. Right. They just do shit like that, man, whatever they are, they have a sense of humor. Whatever. And like at that point, I just, I gave up. I was like, I'm not even going to try to figure out what this is. You know, I'm just like, Jeez. And it flew, I kind of traveled very similar distance and kind of flew over the back fence. And then uh, those are very, very rare. Um, but I'll, I'll get back in. We'll get back to those lights. Um, and like I say, I, I have one story concerning that those same lights that I, I unfortunately I can't tell on the podcast. I, I, I definitely need to tell you the details of it, though, because it's one of the most significant I think stories that I have, um, and it, it, it's definitely led me down a path. Um, so I'd like to share that with you, but for confidentiality reasons, it, it can't be done. And for other reasons, I, I can't do it here. Okay. Um, thank you. Um, but anyway, so let's, we'll move along. Um, so by now we've had the first CE5 experience, um, that was in November. Um, I saw the green orb fly over. By now, I'm seeing UFOs very regular. Not quite every night just yet. Um, then let's move on into December, okay? Um, keep in mind, I'm at a new house, new place, several miles from my old house. And I want to say it was December the 3rd. I could look that up. I'm pretty sure it was December the 3rd. And I walked outside and you would have to, you can imagine how shocked I was when I saw the same little owl perched on my fence. And not only that, 
back then there was this bricked in little patio area of my backyard. And that's literally where I would go and stand every night to do my sky watching. And he's perched right there. I mean, feet from where I, where I do my, my thing. So I was like, you got to be kidding me. And again, I shared the photos that I have with it, of it. Um, and I got several really great ones of him when he would perch in that spot. Um, and it was just, again, kind of almost the same effect that the, the lights, the close lights mm-hmm. have on me. Just total mesmerizing, you know? Honestly, like when I see it now, I just, it's like, I don't care about anything else. You know, I'm just like, wow, look at this. It came back and it was just a very special feeling, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, and it lets, I can get so close to it. You know, I I never would try, but it feels like I could reach out and touch it, you know, Mm -hmm. again, I wouldn't, but anyway, uh, the next night it was back. So that was a Friday night. I think it was Friday, December the 3rd. Saturday, it's back. Um, Again, just amazing. Then the following weekend, it really gets strange. Okay. Um, So I'm taking out the trash of all random things. It's already dark. It's pretty early, but it was already, you know, dark because it's winter. And I had a really great UFO sighting. And I was like, oh, cool. That's awesome. Um, you know, not, nothing too spectacular, but it was a really large orb that flew over. Um, and it looked like it flew into the bottom of a cloud, which was kind of neat. Um, anyway, uh, because if it does that, it's in our atmosphere. It's not right. a satellite in space right. thing, right? So anyway, I thought that was cool. And then I went and had dinner or did whatever. And I went back out for my, my regular sky watch that night and uh, didn't really see much that night. Um, and I was getting tired for whatever reason. I was really tired that day. And uh, I remember right before I got up to, to go back into my house, I saw something or I felt like I saw something that kind of looked like heat lightning. You know where this whole sky kind of yeah. lights up? Yeah thing um that's what it looked like and i was like whoa because there was no clouds in the sky it's winter you know we don't really get that in winter time it was cold it was chilly that evening i mean i was in a jacket uh so i was like wow that's kind of cool and immediately after that i stood up to go inside and i look into my neighbor's yard and i see the owl um perched on my neighbor's power line that stretches across her backyard. Now our yards are very small. It's a duplex complex. Mm -hmm. Okay. So our yards are are touching. They're, they're not very wide. Um, I'm going to say I'm 10 or 15 feet from the bird. Can't be much more than 15. So again, not quite as close as when it's on my fence, but extremely close. And um, I remember sitting there. I know right where it was. And got my camera out to take my photos just like I I normally do. And I took a series of six pictures that night. And for whatever reason, I don't know if this is a a superstitious thing or if it's, I don't know why I do this. But I used to, I, I still, for the most part, I don't look at the photos I take until the next day. 
I don't know. So Saturday morning, I go for a run. I run almost every Saturday um, and did my regular jog, come home, you know, have some water, maybe another sip of coffee. And I'm like, oh, yeah, let me check those my owl photos. So, again, imagine how shocked I was when I looked through all six of those pictures and no owl. Hmm. It's not there hmm. in, in any of them. Uh, and I was floored. I was shocked. You know, I was like, cause I remember the details of seeing it. I remember where it was and I remember, you know, how they're twitchy. And I could remember like seeing it move its little head. Yeah. And another thing that was interesting when it, when it left, it didn't fly away into the sky. It jumped down into my neighbor's yard or like swooped down into its yard. And then I just didn't see it anymore. Huh? Um, so to make things even more strange, not only are there no owls in these pictures, but I have all these anomalous lights, like orb-like lights in the photos and something that looks like a smoky wisps and weird lights in the sky and all this ghost-like images in the pictures, but no owl. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's weird. And I admit, um, my first reaction, like when I first ran through the photos, can't lie to you, my first reaction was like, wow, I caught some light anomalies. I was like, that's really cool. I got an orb and everything. And then it kind of slowly but surely crept up on me and realized that, man, there's something out there that can make me see things that aren't there, you know? Yeah. Or, or it can control my camera somehow or something, something about my perceptions are yeah. off. And that messed with me for a while. Yeah, it um, does. I admit, like I, I had a tough couple of days around that where I was like, man, am I really seeing any, is, is any of this real? You know, and I knew better because I've already had multiple eyewitness accounts, you know, by this time. Yeah. Many of them. Um, and you're like me, you've seen... You've seen stuff with multiple witnesses with you. Yes. Several times. Uh, so eventually I kind of came out of that. And I actually, I think I told you this, but I sent those photos. I don't, I don't think he would mind at all me saying this. Um, but I sent those photos over to Dr. Stephen Finley, which that's kind of, uh, do you know him? Do you know Dr. Finley? I don't know him personally, but I know his name. Okay. Um he studies pretty openly the UFO phenomenon. Um, he's a religious professor from uh, LSU. He'd be a great guest. Um, very interesting man. So I got connected to him through the summer months in part because of my own experiences, but also, and this is kind of another synchronicity, but also in part because he's right there in my hometown of Baton Rouge, you know, yeah. and I know I go back there sometime. So I haven't met him in person, but we've emailed back and forth many times. And uh, I shot him my pictures, uh, some of, of the owl, the actual owl, and then the six photos of the non-owl or whatever. And I kind of told him the story. You know, I didn't tell him near all the details that I've given to you. Um, but I told him about the owls in particular and that I see UFOs, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, the very next day, his secretary emailed me 
and sent me a couple of dates. He's like, Dr. Finley wants to have a Zoom meeting with you as soon as you can. Um, so I got to chit chat with him about a variety of different things. Um, some of what he does in his professional life and some of the struggles he has being an academic who wants to study these other other things and other struggles. Uh, and and some of his, his work, his professional work, actually interrelates in very weird sort of ways with my professional work, um, much of which I can't get into. But anyhow, uh, so that conversation happened, and that was really good to talk to him. Um, and unfortunately, he, he basically told me, he was like, you know, no one really knows what the deal is with the owls. Uh, he said, we don't know why they come to experiencers. He's like, you know, it's, it's still a mystery. We don't, why owls, you know? Um, and I still don't feel like I have much of an answer for that. I think I told you also, I have, uh, exchanged emails with Mike Cleland. Mm-hmm. Um, he was kind enough to respond and I actually answered a bunch of questions for him, like some questionnaire type questions. Um, I really, I need to try to get in touch with him again if I can, because a lot has happened since it's been months ago now and a lot has gone on. Um, and, and my experiences have continued and and they're continuing to evolve. Um, anyway, so that's kind of a a quick aside about the, the owls. Um, I still see them. Um, they're infrequent and they kind of come in clusters like that where Mm -hmm. I'll see them for, three, four nights in a row, strange, you know, weird stuff happens when they show up. Um, but they're not, that's not a nightly thing like the UFOs are. Um, so I think next I'll get into, so I continue by this time, we'll, we'll get into spring, I think. Uh, so that was winter, that was in, in, in December. And I continue to see, the UFOs with increased increasing frequency during this time, uh, daytime and night. Um, I've had some really great daytime sightings, which I want to make a comment about that in a minute. Um, maybe talk about some of the differences in the daytime versus the nighttime. Um, anyway, uh, yes, get into CE5. I start doing that. Met a great group, some very interesting people that are here in the, in the DFW area. And I'll tell you this, um, even in that group of people who some of them had had previous sightings and so forth, they would tell you that I have some uniqueness about me and my connection to them. Um, because I'm almost always the first person to see them. Um, and I haven't, I can see them sometimes like when they're coming in from behind, like I'll just, I'll know to look somehow. Um, other people have seen me do it too. And they, they picked up on that right away, the rest of the group. And they were like, dude, at first they were like, man, you have some really great vision, which no, I don't. (laughs) I've been almost legally blind since I was a child. I wear contacts. Um, but my vision is not good. Um, but they definitely noticed a lot of the members of the group noticed that this is really strange. You know, you can see them that way. And also the frequency apparently is anomalous. Um, 
according to to them and and others that I've talked to to where especially like when I'm having these daytime sightings and stuff like there's only one other person in the group who's ever seen them during the daytime um which I've had quite a few of them now they're they're infrequent they're a lot less lot less frequent but they I've had many of them now um so anyway uh that's going on the CE5s are, are going on um they're going really good um, we, we pretty much see them every time we're together and, and I really enjoy the group. It's, it's been a lot of fun to be around other people who are like-minded and that was, that's been a really good thing for me. Um, moving forward to springtime, I go on long walks at night. Uh, I do this quite a bit and Easter Sunday, which I think was April 17th. Um, I was with my family. We were all together during the daytime and my ex had something to do that evening. And I remember them all leaving. Uh, we, we were actually at my house that, that time we had a real nice time. We did the Easter eggs and everything and, our, you know, and had a fun time and, uh, played a game and just had a good family time. And then I remember them leaving. And I had a really tough time with it for whatever reason. You know, it had been a while since I'd, I'd it'd been over a year since I'd moved out. But I don't know, like I, I that felt a sense of finality about it, you know, of like my life is not the same anymore. You know, yeah. my, my life is, is not ever going to be how it used to be, you know, for better or worse. And I was really struggling after they left and um i just i i did what what i do you know I, so I, I went on a long walk that night and uh there's a field this is funny too there's this there's a kind of a wooded area which is real rare for dallas it's a green space it's kind of a drainage area i think so they have to keep x amount of acreage green uh, so I'm, I'm lucky I live by this and there's this wooded field, um, which is really cool. And I call it, uh, I kind of have jokingly call it the angel field because one night I captured a, a picture, just took a picture and I had this smoke like image in the picture of it faintly looks like an angel, um, which is kind of cool. You know, it's probably totally pareidolia or whatever they call it. It's probably nothing, but it, looks like an angel, you know? So anyway, I went to that field and I just sat there, you know, I just sat there in the woods and, you know, was just kind of with my thoughts for a while. And I started seeing these lights flashing in the trees, um, which I'd imagine is almost exactly like what you see just based on your descriptions. And, it started just, it would just be a single pulse here. And then it started flashing more and more and they were high and low. And these are white lights, um, big flashes. And uh, this was a full two, maybe even three weeks before the fireflies started. Um, they were not active yet. Um, not quite. And I was like, oh man. And it reminded me of the lights that I'd seen in my backyard, you know, um, mm -hmm. but these were, these weren't solid like those were, these were 
popping off and on and they were everywhere and I could see them and it was kind of a U-shaped woods and they were coming closer and closer in the tree line, staying in the trees. Mm-hmm. Um, it was spectacular. And after about what felt like, I don't know, maybe about five minutes, I decided to video this. So I shot about a minute and 30 seconds worth of video of these. I mean, it was spectacular. And again, I remember it having that same, that just uplifting feeling about it, you know? Um, so anyway, uh, I shoot this video and guess what I got on that video? Nothing. Not nothing this time, but I probably saw in that minute and a half, I bet I, with my eyes was seeing, and I remembered even looking through the camera screen mm-hmm. and I was seeing flashes. I had to be 20, 30 flashes at least in that, in that time. I got one flash <laughs> that shows. That's amazing. I mean, I, I I believe you because I've had <laughs> similar things happen. You, you know, it, it. I'm like, this is ridiculous because if I got nothing, that almost makes some sense, right? Yeah. I've heard you talk about how maybe some of this is just a, a, a psychic thing or a mental yeah. phenomenon of some sort that you you're not really you know yeah no i get one flash it's like you're kidding me guys <laughs> you're messing with me they are <laughs> they are and they are that's and uh they just do typical, that right <laughs> they have their own sense of humor i guess and uh so that continued for a while this um i didn't see him anymore in that field I still, I don't think I've ever seen him again in that particular field, but in that same wooded area at a couple different locations, I started seeing the lights in the woods and uh, I've got a couple of videos and two things would ha- will happen sometimes. There are times when I record the lights with my camera um, that I'm not seeing with my naked eye. And these are bright flashes. This is not like the dust or photo thing. Yeah, like, these those- are very vivid, bright pulses that I am not seeing with the naked eye only through the camera screen. Can I see them? And they do show up on the recordings. Consequently, on the other side, I've had times when I am seeing them with my own eyes and nothing shows up. Or sometimes it's like what happened the first time where some of them show up and some don't. I have no idea how to explain that. I, Um, I think that's, when it comes to taking photos and videos, you're not going to prove anything to anybody else, really. What you're doing is you're experimenting with what the light is. Is it actually a light or is it a vision of a light that is, you know, somehow beamed into your mind that it's there? And uh, near as I can figure, most of them actually are lights, but they do look differently to my eyes than they do in the video or the picture. And that's true. Um, uh, Tim Renner's had the same thing. He's, he's had, yeah, he has taken photographs and they usually come up as white lights, whereas he was seeing colors. Um, (laughs) He, and he's had a friend with him and his friend was seeing like pinpoint lights, like little led like lights. And he was seeing golf ball sized lights. 
Um, now I wanted to know, do, do they reflect off anything for you or does it seem the, like the weirdest thing? Like it's a self-contained light that the light doesn't actually touch anything else. Do you know what uh, I mean? Okay, I do. Um, gosh, the, now that you mention it, I don't think I'd ever thought about that, but looking back on it, thinking about that in, in my mind, I want to say it seems self-contained. I don't feel like it's projecting like a flashlight. None yeah. of it does. Yeah. Now that you mentioned. Yeah. None of yeah. it. And that's not never... a natural light thing. Light doesn't no. do that. It's a particle or a wave. It continues until something interrupts it. Man, so. I tell you, I'd never, I'd never thought about that until you asked me that. I'm really glad you asked me that. Yeah. Um, that's something to, to, you know, look at for yourself and, and think about because that's, you know, the very first times I saw them in Athens, that was one of the first things I noticed probably because I was a science major at the time. And I was like, now wait just a damn minute. This is not how light functions, yes. you know? And of course, back when I started seeing them, we didn't have LEDs everywhere, you know? So in our minds, they were like yeah. the little tiny, mini Christmas tree lights, but they weren't the LED types, you know? So, yes. and then my husband, the one time he saw one, he said it was like a laser pointer, except it had no beam. It was just the red dot, but it didn't just, you know, stick on a wall, you know, how it'll go until it stops. And then it has a, you know, it looks like a round light, but you know, you can interrupt the beam and it puts it out. The first time he saw one, which was like the very last night we stayed in the house where we saw them all the time, where I saw them all the time. And a lot of my friends did too. He never did until that last night. And he drove himself crazy trying to find the beam because to his mind, it looked like somebody was pointing a laser pointer into our window, but it Gosh. didn't diffuse the way a laser does through glass. Um, and it, it could, you know, it would hover in midair which it should not be able to do. So it, it, he really, he was like, so this is the stuff you see all the time. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, Oh God, I thought I wanted to see him, but that's not, that's not natural. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, that's not natural. I, I, I'm just as good without that. <laughs> so Bro, yeah. I have a couple more stories I'd like to share with you. Um, but I, I want to ask you a quick question, if sure. that's okay. Sure. Um, how how did they make you feel the lights? How how does it does it put a feeling into you, or or do you is it just not ho hum? But are you? It depends. Does it stir any emotions? It depends. Um, the first time we started seeing the multiple lights with multiple people seeing them in multiple places in Athens. Before we knew it was a thing, that there were people, you know, over the years who have always seen the colored lights in the woods. So we didn't know. It was, it was exhilarating because it was very clearly something. You know, there was something yes. happening, but we didn't know what it was. But we all recognized that natural light doesn't do that, at least according to our understanding of physics, it doesn't kind of like the way UFOs ignore the way things fly. You know, yes. <laughs> they just, yeah, they just do whatever they want. And so it was exciting. And 
it it sort of bonded the group together. We all kind of, you know, were bonded together. And now my husband, as I said, he only saw the lights a couple of times. And the first time was right before we moved from the house where all kinds of crazy stuff was happening. And, but he would hear things. Like we would hear music in the woods at three o'clock in the morning, wow. you know, drums and flutes and singing. But this oh, is the best oh, part. Man. You'd hear that and then go outside. So we'd be in the house trying to sleep and we'd hear this stuff. And I was like, oh, there's the music again. And we'd go outside and you couldn't hear it. You're and you kidding. go bit, you go inside, then you can hear it. Whatever yeah. it is, it's like it just has total control of our perceptions at yes. times. And it likes to play with that. You know, it's it, so it did, it was exciting, but I didn't sleep a lot. <laughs> you know, when I first when all this was really, really, you know, happening at a at a steady rate, I didn't sleep a lot. Now yeah, I, I, I see them and sometimes I will sit up and watch for you know hours until like three or four o'clock in the morning and then once dawn starts to break i'll go back to bed but you know it'll continue up until you know the sun's completely up and it's it's both exhilarating but at the same time i'm kind of like respectful of them i'm kind of like okay yeah. it's it's y'all all right you know whatever you're doing okay you know uh, Morgana yes. will, she, she's funny. She, she will kind of notice and then be like, okay, I ain't got time for you right now. I'm going to go to bed and go to sleep. You know, she's, yeah. she's a lot more safe about it than I am. I'm too nosy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. I am right there with you. Um, I do have a couple more stories for you, if that's okay. If you sure. don't mind keep sure. going for a bit. Um, so this whole time, you know, spring that happens. And now I'm starting to see these lights in the woods. Uh, very occasionally, um, I have seen the pinpoint lights too, but those are in my house. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I've only seen those inside. Um, yeah. And, and it's very rare. Um, but, but it's enough times that it's, it's a thing now, you know? Um, so I've had that happen. Um, but, Along the way, at my new house now, so I've started the sleep paralysis stuff has come back, and it's starting to happen with increasing frequency. I've had it four or five times, five times since I've lived here, um, and that has changed a lot, That the experience. Um, I'm remembering a little bit more of it. Um and now I don't just feel uh, the 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 presence. That's not all I remember. The presence, the the shadow figures, and just knowing that I'm trapped. Uh, I remember the. I'm starting to remember some of the dreams that I'm having leading up to the paralysis, and usually something in the dream triggers me. And it's almost like a lucid dream type situation almost where something happens like my arm will start shaking or some kind of little trigger 
One time it was a dream of a UFO parking right over my head. Imagine that. Uh, and then, and then I realized, oh shit, I'm paralyzed right now. You know, it's happening. Holy cow, it's happening again. Um, after I get the whatever the weird trigger is, and I start to get to that kind of quasi wake state, and one of the new twists that's happened each of the last several times, I want to say the last four times now, I literally feel, and I mean feel, uh, something entering my body. So not only am I trapped now, something gets inside of me. And I'm telling you, it is a physical feeling. A Something is getting in there. Um in the first several times it happened, I'm like internally fighting like hell. You know, I'm like, get out of me now. You do not get to come in here. This is not okay. Get away from me. And eventually I've been able to fight him out. And it is the oddest feeling ever to feel them remove themselves from you. It literally feels like someone is pulling a string from out of you. Um, and this was another commonality that I had with the experiencer I was able to visit with this summer. Um, not only the marks, but he, he feels that as well. Um, it is a very tangible thing. I, I want to repeat that because this is, this is part of it. And now the most recent time um, that it's happened, the last couple of times it's happened, I'm kind of changing my view on it. And the last time it happened, which was, a couple weeks ago, I think at this point, it was very recent. Um, same process. I wake up, I'm terrified. Um, I've been speaking to a lot of people about this. And then also some people who've had like psychedelics, which I, I'm going to get it. I have not done that before, but I'm going to. Um, I, I There's reasons that I, I think that could be useful for me. Um, and I'll get into that in a second. But so I'll feel them come in. I'll feel that presence coming in. But the last couple of times I've really tried to sit with the experience more, you know, not fight so hard. And it's very hard for me. Um, so two things happened this most recent time. I thought consciously in my mind, I, I thought, okay, this is happening. You can't stop it. Try and relax. So I was doing my best and I was like, try to see him, Drew try and see them. Problem was I couldn't open my eyes. <laughs> I had my eyes closed and I couldn't open them. Um, but one thing that did happen, I could hear them. And I don't know that I ever remember hearing them before. And it was this incredibly whiny, high pitched metallic sounding voice, I guess, uh, that I was hearing and it was clear that there was a back and forth. So this was not one thing talking. It was two. It was talk. It was communication. Yeah. Two or more, you know, uh, I always think two for whatever reason, but again, that's who knows. Um, but I, I remember I can still kind of hear that. Like I could probably pick that noise out. Like on a, if we used a synthesizer or something like that. I could probably come pretty close to what it sounded like. Um, very non-human, very not, didn't sound like words per se, but 
it was clearly a back and forth. And the other thing that was very different was this time, um, not only when they entered my body, um, it I felt a tug. And this I want to say this is the second time that's happened. Like a repeated tug, 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 tug. Like I really think they're trying to take me out of body. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think I was thinking get, the same thing. I think they're trying to, to show me an out of body experience, um, which might explain it. That's I don't know. That's kind of where my head's at now um, with it now. And I've had a lot of people who've uh, talked to me about their experiences on mushrooms mm-hmm. and they tell me it's very similar. And I imagine I've only known a couple of people who've done ayahuasca. But they tell me the same thing that like you really have to kind of surrender almost to it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the experiencer I met this summer, he's like, man, if you want to get the message, he's like, you're going to have to work on your fear. You're going to have to control it and you got to go with it. He's like, you can't stop it. They know how to find you. They're going to find you wherever you go. And he's like, they're doing this for a reason. And he's, he asked me, straight. he's like, have you been hurt? And I told him, honestly, no, a couple weird marks on my body, but scared. But he's like, this is, there's a reason that you have been chosen for this, which is kind of haunting and kind of freaky. Um, but if they are, gosh, how do I say this? Any more... I feel like especially the ones that are the lights in the sky and, and even the ones that I see up close um, and one in particular, there's one other, there's one other thing in particular that I want to tell you about that I've, that I've seen with it multiple times with multiple people. Um, but my view is kind of changing. I'm not, I don't necessarily know that these are, it has a negative intention. Any of this does, you know, and I do think that there's more of a purpose to it. And um, I want to find out what that is, you know, because it's great to see the lights in the sky. And in fact, it's almost an honor, you know, because I know that not everyone does. Um, now, granted, I know very few people try <laughs> very often. Yeah. Right? I yeah. think that that's a factor for sure. Um, it's the intention thing, right? It's the observer effect kind of a mm-hmm. thing, you know, where. But uh, but yeah, I do think that there is something behind all this. There's more of a point to it. And I intend to find that out. Um, that's that's going to be a major focus of mine. Um, I've read about different methods of channeling. Um, I know you probably know far more about that kind of thing than I do. Um, I've heard you mention things about that on, on your show many times. Uh, that's not an area that I know a lot about, but I'm learning. Um, I learned about, I read about and, and learned about the, the method that they use in Hellier, mm-hmm. the Estes method. Mm-hmm. And that really calls to me. That seems very straightforward. And I'm going to try that. So I'm going to get the equipment to do that, um, and give that a shot. You know, with the, I have a couple of friends of mine through that. I know through the CE five stuff who are kind of on that side of life anyway, you know, more esoteric in, in their thoughts mm-hmm. and stuff with me and they I have a few people who've agreed to do that so I definitely want to start more of a direct communication and see where 
where that leads. What do you think? I think that the Estes method is a fairly safe method because you're yeah. not allowing anything into your um, physical or etheric body. It's just something uses sound to communicate and you can't hear. Well, the person asking the questions cannot hear the answers. The person who yeah. is hearing the answers hears them and relays them. It's, it's kind of a, it's safer for the questioner and it's safer for the person who hears the message. Now, you can probably get some garbled nonsense that way too, but that's sure. kind of the case in any of those methods. Um, yeah. You know, some, some instance, you know, you have no real way to know who is on the other end talking with you. Yes. So that is a problem in every method. You do not know for sure who is talking with you or who is wanting to speak through you. So, and, and, and I know I have heard a lot of horror stories about these channelings and how they, they start out one way and it goes John D, you know, or even that kind of thing. Yes. You know, where, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit nervous about that. I, I do have some, uh, I do receive very rarely what I believe to be some telepathic communications Mm -hmm. from them this is actually i have this just kind of close by um this yeah. chicken scratch drawing which it would take me a lot to decode that for you but that's that was one of them and i i do like when i do get them doesn't work the way i thought it would work at all um where i don't hear like a voice in my head telling me you know do this or do that or anything it's like i get somehow i get like really clear and a lot of times it happens in the evening um, where my mind will just suddenly get very good clarity. And it's like my brain receives a full thought, full series of thoughts, fully formed, boom, all at one time. And it's like, get the pad, get the paper, write this down. Um, but those are rare. Those moments are very rare. And I, yeah. I'd like to, to be more frequent. Because the, yeah. the messages they get are really interesting. You know, there's a lot of stuff about consciousness and uh, the a, a lot of quantum physics mm -hmm. type stuff. Uh, just very interesting information. And I, I, I want to, that's a big goal of mine is, is studying and, and seeing the best ways to, uh, to communicate better, be a yeah. better listener. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a problem with listening. I, I'm just, you know, when things are tugging, that makes me a little bit mm, antsy. Yeah. But, you know, there are means by which you can protect yourself and do things as safely as possible. So, I would, yeah. I would love to, to learn more about that. I'll, uh, okay. I'll, I'll seek your advice before I start anything, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... I have a friend, actually, one of the, I'm not going to say her name or anything, but I, I know of, of a, one of the people in our group is, is a practicing witch and she's very knowledgeable on a lot of this stuff. So I imagine she'll probably have some pretty good yes. information for me, but I would love to keep you in the loop as I 
progress on that and and try. Uh, yeah, I, I'd love to hear what what happens. Um, but yeah, I I'm a I'm more bold than Morgana. You know, I'll just kind of do stuff that maybe isn't always perfectly well advised. But I I do try to be safe because I have had some training. So, you know, that, you know, you, you do things as safely as possible. You know, you don't want to, you don't want some unknown creature pulling at you. There's got to be a, some kind of reciprocity between the two of you. You know, they, they yes. give, you give, they take, you take. It's, it's, you always have to be careful with that. If, if you deal with an entity that seems to only want to take, then that's, that's a no. Got to cut your ties, huh? Yeah, that's a no. You know, that's, I, I mean, that's, it's the same way with people, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Definitely. If, you know, if you're in a relationship with, with a person or a friendship or, you know, whatever, if, it, if, if they're blood kin or not, if they are destructive to you, then you have to make boundaries. And you can do the same thing with a spirit or an entity or whatever they are. So... Yeah. I'll definitely think, keep you in the loop for sure. Okay. Yeah. I think you did really well with, with when you felt the tugging kind of trying to fight that off because that's, that's a, you know, you need to know what they mean by that before you yes. accept that. So, but I do agree working on fear is a good thing to do. Because fear can cause a blockage, and then you may end up getting messages that are tinged by your own fear, so it, it won't be as as useful. So, okay, that's right. well, that's good to know. Yeah, so try not to be afraid, but don't don't put up with shit any more than you would with people. I've, so, and I've heard you mention that time and time again on your show, you know, having having your boundaries set mm -hmm. um, because it is. I mean, this is. Yeah. When you feel something inside of your body, that's a whole different level. You know, uh, yeah. that it does get very scary, you know, and mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of a rape, you know, it's, it's yeah. hard not to feel like that. I didn't ask yeah. anybody to come. And have this experience Poking with at me, you. you know. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Though you know, it, it I can see it from both sides of the coin. It's it's very confusing and very tricky. So, um, yeah. Everything I will say, everything that I have telepathically communicated with the the few times that I'm able to, seems very positive. That so that I definitely want that to continue. There's some very interesting information and. uh I don't get apocalyptic vision type stuff. I do occasionally, I will get like more like human tragedy kind of thing, you know, like a mm -hmm. feeling of how people feel in different situations more than like any kind of meteors are coming or the, you know, it's not, it's not like that environmental catastrophes. I, I don't get any of that. It's more like feeling human type related stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I do have one other experience I want to talk about with you, if that's okay. That's cool. Um, 
and this is another one of those times where I've got a pretty good amount of information. So there is one particular, we'll call it a UFO or orb. I, I mostly call them orbs anymore because uh, that's what, what they look like. Um, like I say, I mean, almost identical to the stuff that Christopher Bledsoe posts. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, there's, I don't remember the first time I saw it. The first time I saw it was alone. And I want to say I saw it a couple of times. But Barbara, this thing is the most spectacular thing, most beautiful I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, it has full command of its light. Um, and it'll do one of a couple of different things. Sometimes it'll pulse multiple times as it flies and each pulse gets larger and larger, or sometimes it's just one time. Um, but what it'll do any of those different times when it reaches its crescendo, we'll say it either slows down or it stops, uh, or maybe I'm imagining that and everyone else is imagining, but, but that's what it seems like it does. It seems like it pauses and it just lets out this burst of light that is unbelievably breathtaking. Um, hmm. And it becomes, t- you know, four times over the brightest thing, brighter than any of the stars in the sky. It's the brightest thing in the sky, bar none except maybe the moon, depending on what phase of the moon it's in, you know, if it's out, of course. But other than that, I mean, it's massive. And then just as quickly as it lights up, it shrinks back down to a pinpoint of light. And then it'll just fly off. And we've seen it stop and kind of pause and hover and then fly off. We've seen it just turn into a pinpoint and then disappear very quickly. It'll do different things thereafter. Um, but when it reaches its, its zenith or whatever you want to call it, it's, it's largest point. It has a very specific shape and everyone who has seen it, um, describes it that way. It's almost a diamond like, it looks like a diamond cut. Um, and more on that in a second. And it, it emits like rays of light at its edges, but you can see like all these weird angles in it. Um, so when you see that, you can almost see how someone would look at it and say it looks like a structured craft. It doesn't look anything like that to me, but I can mm-hmm. understand how some people could take that as an angular kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it is amazing. And I can tell you now, um, you don't just see this object. You Feel it. It imprints mm-hmm. a very real feeling inside of you. You are going to yell and say thank you out loud or oh my God or oh my goodness. And uh, so the first time I saw it with the group was at a CE5 and that was on June 9th. There were four of us present. And I mean, when I saw it come in, um, when it did its thing and that night it, it flashed multiple times. It did the, you know, one, two, three, four. Um, And I mean, it was all we could do to, we almost passed out. You know what I mean? Like it was just so emotionally incredible. And Mm -hmm. so 
that night we also saw uh, a red orb in the woods in the tree line. Um, two of us did. And I, I would have thought I imagined it, except for one of the other members pointed it out. I was like, I just saw an orb. I was like, I did too. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't going to say anything. But um, the next time I saw it, oh, no, sorry. I actually saw it again after I got home that night. It followed me to my yard and did the same display, the exact same diamond-shaped explosion, um, and it just draw-jopped, you know? Uh, I spent all weekend long trying to make drawings of this thing, (laughs) doing my best to draw what it looked like, you know, in my mind. And um, I saved all the group's text messages because we all started chirping about it. Uh, And I'm going to keep those. I'm going to keep those on record because I want people to know all these people saw it. And this is the emotions that it stirred up, you know? Yeah. Uh, Cause we described it to the other members of the group who weren't there. And there was a lot of back and forth and chirping. Um, so then I, I saw it, I don't know. I saw it probably three or four other random nights. Same thing. I mean, it leaves such a distinct pattern. And like I say, it's just something about the feeling that it gives you. Um, but then on, I'd have to, to look it up. I've got it recorded. I think it was July 28th, I think. Might have been a little earlier in July. Sometime in, in mid to late July. Uh, I actually got to see it with my mother. And she had never seen anything like that before. And it was a truly special experience um, because she has heard a lot of my stories she has heard a lot of this. She's helped me to deal with a lot of this and been very open. Um, she was a, a pretty darn grounded person, you know, and a scientist. And but she's been incredibly open minded with me. Um, let's me talk about anything and all of this weird stuff with her. Um, and for her to be able to see it and experience it with me and for it to be this one of the most special things that I get to experience for her to see that with me was incredible. And uh, she is a lifelong Catholic. Okay. So I was raised up Catholic, like everyone down there in South Louisiana, but she was a lifelong uh, still practicing Catholic. And so of course to her, she's her statement. I'll never forget her first statement. She's like, that was an angel reaching out to us from heaven, you know? And, uh, I got no better explanation than that myself. If you know, I I admit at times that that's how some of the, the some of it does feel. The the lights in the sky stuff, it does feel like an angelic presence. Whatever an angel is, you know, I'm very quick to say, I doubt that's what they call themselves. You know, if they call themselves anything at all, but they are a wondrous, joy filling, uh, whatever they are. You know, they seem yeah. very cool, kind of curious, uh, and, and they definitely, they make you feel good. They make you feel very special, very interactive with you in that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I definitely ap- very much appreciate that that aspect of the things that I experience. And um, yeah, it's, uh, and, and this was another thing that was really cool. So I immediately spent the rest of the weekend trying to draw this thing. You know, that after the first the first time that I saw it that on June 9th or not the the first time I saw it with the group on June 9th and my mom ran inside 
and pulled her phone out after it left and uh, started pulling up diamond cuts, different shapes mm-hmm. of diamond cuts. And she wanted me to come. She said, come here, look, it looks kind of like that one, right? And it, there was one, I forget which, which cut it was. I need to look at that again and see. There was one, none of them were exactly right, of course, but there was one that looked pretty similar. Um, and she got on the, she did a group text with my sister and I and talked with her about what we saw together, which my sister hasn't really seen anything. Um, she's had her own uh, kind of into almost psychic ESP type experiences, um, but they're very scary for her. So she won't, she knows that they're there and she loves to talk about them, but she won't like try to do anything more with them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it does. They can be scary. So do you know anything about the uh, miracle at Fatima? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the miracle yes. of the sun? That's kind of what I was thinking about with your mother popping out with that's an angel. And yes. Yeah. It, yeah. uh, yes, that it, it was that kind of experience. I think I, I tell people this after, after those couple of sightings with that particular thing, I, I'm not particularly a religious person anymore. I'm more spiritually open, but I understand what a religious experience is. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That sounds, Yeah. And that that could be a way for your mother also to sort of translate it into her experience. It was and, uh, very yeah. much, and and that I know that very much plays into this too. You know, our our what we study and learn about, and our upbringings and our culture and all of that is going to persuade us in how we view the phenomenon that we're experiencing. Yes, um, yes. I know. I've done I've done a ton of reading over the last several years, and I've learned so much, especially over this last year and a half. Um, and that's that's one of the things I've consistently come across with a lot of the books and things that I've read, and listening to other experiencers' stories and shows like yours has kind of helped me to understand that part. You know that we're a part of this somehow. You know, like we're a part of the yeah. story. Yeah, and, it's, uh, it's it's a two way street. I feel like yes. Um, kind of last thought here. I know it's getting late and everything. Um, last week through kind of another, one of these happenstance things, I, I got to meet with another experiencer locally and, um, we just, we've talked, talked over the phone. He's the one I'm supposed to meet with Saturday and it just so happens he belongs to an online forum that I'm kind of a part of. And, uh, he, I, I messaged him. He, we said something that caught my attention, and I DM'd him, and I told him where I'm at, and he was like, "I live in the suburbs." He's like, "I'm 30 minutes away from you," and I'm like, "Wow." <laughs> so, after I spoke with him on the phone, um, last week was crazy sighting wise. They came closer than I've ever seen them. They were so close. They were flying like almost tree, almost just above tree line level. And that's much lower than I've seen him before. And they were mm-hmm. doing, they were lasting longer in their nighttime presentations and so forth. It was, it was incredible. And I mean, they were just more, 
more of them total, more interactions total than I've had before ever. This was just last week. And uh, that is one other observation I've made. There's two things over the last year and a half that I've, that I've noticed with pretty con- consistency that when I'm around other experiencers, even if it's just messaging back and forth with them, talking to them or Zooming with them or whatever, it's like the phenomenon goes crazy. Uh, the other time that happens is when I'm around my family. When I'm around my mom and my sister in particular, um, once I've been with them for a few days and I come back to Dallas, it's, man, I, it's like the floodgates are open. You know, the veil gets open and the sightings are, are just spectacular for several days. Um, that's, in fact, that's sometimes when I get some of the more psychic type activity is when I'm, when I'm around one or two, either my, my fam or my uh, other fellow experiencers. So who knows, Barbara, who knows what's going to happen now after I've done this. I know, right? <laughs> I do have a question. When the, sure. when the little sphere that was in your neighbor's yard came and was close to you, did you feel any physical heat or cold or nothing buzzing or vibration, anything, nothing, no physical effects whatsoever, which I know there's two sides of that coin too. I know there's a lot of people who've been hurt by them. And I mean, I would say it got within as close as five feet. Couldn't have been much further than that. I mean, my backyard's small. I mean, it got up right close and personal. Um, there's been a couple other times I've been fairly close to them. That was far and away the closest but no i heard no noise um yeah no electrical hum of any kind felt no heat no anything interesting Um, yeah very much one of one of the theories is that it's some kind of intelligent self-contained plasma but if it's plasma it's going to give off heat along with light it's not going to just you know sit there Unless it's I've, a floating LED light, I don't know. <laughs> I know, you know, it, it's it's truly puzzling. You know, parts of it are, are something that they they demonstrate a science that we don't have. You know, it's like it's some other kind of energy source or something that produces photons that we don't understand. Yeah, something. that don't act the way that we expect them to. But I do. I will say. As far as what I call them, like the the low flying orbs and the high flying orbs, the high flying orbs, I really do like the plasma idea for a lot of different reasons. Um, There's not that there isn't some some potential problems with that theory, too, but it would kind of make a tad bit of sense because I would think that it would be easy to form for them to form a plasma shell in the upper atmosphere, you know, because there's Mm -hmm. so much energy up there you know especially after right after sunlight or whatever there's probably a lot of ionized air to manipulate Mm -hmm. up there um so that would make some sense as to why they could use that for a manifestation um but yeah it doesn't explain when they fly real close to you no i only know of one case where it flew close that there was heat and that was um, back in the 1990s, and it was a case not far from Athens, out in Logan. 
and it it was a blue orb that flew between two girls who were sitting on the ground around a dying campfire in the morning. They were sharing a cigarette, and the cigarette pack was sitting between them, and it just zipped between them and then hovered over at the other side of the fire, and where it had zipped between them, it had melted the cellophane on the the cigarette pack. Yeah. Man. And it had a sort of a buzzy kind of hum to it. My gracious. Yeah. Yeah, so whatever they are, you know, I still don't know. But they're there. They communicate with people. Um, I think they communicate using symbols and um, images a lot more than they do with words. Um, The whole Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, that that story on its own doesn't draw a lot of water, but in lieu of everything else that's happened, looking back on that, it's like, hmm, maybe there's something there, you know? Yeah. Um, Oh, I did, I have this here close too. This is the journal that I'm I'm logging a lot of this stuff. I I don't log every sighting, but the, the more spectacular and all of the good stuff, I got it. Good. Good. It's good to keep it. It's good to keep it. It's right there by my bed. So I, uh, I'm, I'm going to continue that, you know, that, that journaling and, and I definitely plan on, you know, speaking with other fellow experiencers and this is part of my life now. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, so what do you think they're up to? What do you think they're doing in your case? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I need to get into that too. So I think starting in 2015, they did something to 2014 and 15. They did something to me. I mean, there's definite changes, you know, physical and, and mental. The reading thing was kind of the first of it. Um, but I can tap into enormous amounts of energy, physical energy, um, when I need to. And, and my work, um, I will say this about it. It's, it's, it's a physical type of job and, um, yeah, I can say this. No, no harm, no foul saying this. A big part of what we do, the whole part of what we do is centered around helping people, um, Mm -hmm. in different aspects. Um, that's, that's what it is. It, we, we created a program through the company that I work for that sole focus is to create change and help people. And at times it requires tremendous amounts of physical energy. And especially in 2017 and 18, when, when those were two of the more foundational years of this program, I mean, I could push and push and push and push. And because of that, we're where we are now, which is in the stratosphere from where we began. Um, And anytime I needed that extra oomph, that extra boost, I had it, you know, and and I think that was part of this change. Um, And moving forward, 
um, whatever I think that they did to me, I think some of that has been passed on to my sons, to all of them. Um, my oldest in particular, we've had to grade skip him. And he's studying at a, he's studying robotics at a magnet school. Um, and it may be that he has a, a, almost a once in a lifetime type of, of brain, you know, where he's just understands things at a different level than, than other people too. And um, who knows what he's going to do? You know, he's going to be yeah. like maybe a Gary Nolan type where he's going to have like medical patents and this kind of thing, you know? Um, so I, I think it's part of our evolution, all of this. I really do. Um, I don't at all hold out that there isn't multiple agendas at play somehow too, you know? And I don't even want to say good and bad. That might be too simplified, but something like that. I think there could be a little of both. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. I am very happy you told me your stories. I appreciate you listening. I really do. I I hope I'll be a a good guest for you and that some people will get something out of this. I think so. I think they will. And uh, you're always welcome to come back if if you have something stunning that you need to talk with, with somebody. Or you can just... Or you can just text me, you know, <laughs> tell me. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you. Well, that's all for this week's episode of the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. If you have any questions or thoughts about the podcast or would like to come and talk about your experiences of the paranormal, you can contact us at 6djk67 at gmail.com. We promise to even answer you. And we are always happy to hear from you. Thank you.